For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The sun came out today. Well, not exactly. The sun hasn't exactly come out in Duluth today. It's a very cloudy, rainy, kind of a dreary Saturday here in early May. Kentucky Derby Saturday. But lots of good baseball being played by our hometown squad, the Minnesota Twins. And everybody in the American League and Major League Baseball, quite frankly, looking up at the Tampa Bay Rays and the amazing start that they've had. If only we had a connection to the Tampa Bay Rays and the Minnesota Twins. Oh, wait, we do. As it's Brian Prudhomme and Steve Fatosha, we will be joined by Denard Spann in just a moment. Denard Spann, it's an obvious choice with the music, center field, the guy that knows a thing or two about roaming center field. Oh, yeah, one of my favorite all-time Twins. Same. And uh, it's so great to have him on today. So without further ado, let's bring him in. Denard Span, I hope that introduction serves you well. It sounds like the sport of baseball certainly is because you're right in the heart of Rays baseball. They are the best team in the majors right now, and our Minnesota Twins are our first-place team as well. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well. All smiles with the first-place team. The Tampa area knows it well. I had Dukes Knutson on a couple of weeks back, and he was all smiles with the attendance, with the performance. We'll talk about the yeah. Twins in a moment, but my goodness, you're in the heart of what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing everybody's awestruck by it. Tell us about the atmosphere around this club. It's been a lot of fun this year, as everybody can see, you know, from afar. But, like, um, everything obviously has been, uh, you know, clicking, you know, to start the season, the first month, memorable month. Um, it feels like every, you know, home series or every series every week that, you know, this team is doing something that hasn't been done in, like, you know, 50 years or 100 years. And so, uh, you know, it's a real fun ball club. Um, a well-put-together ball club. Um, you look at the roster at first glance, you know, there's not a lot of big names that, that jump off the page, but there's a lot of really good ball players, and, and um, you know, it's just fun to watch. You know, our MO has always been, you know, pitching and defense, and uh, it's been fun to watch, you know, this offense surprisingly just take off, um, leading, leading the league in just about, you know, every offensive category. No question. They've turned a lot of games into home run derby, and they've been winning that way. But Denard Span, catch everybody up on what you're doing now with the Rays, because my understanding is you do some pre and post game work along with Rich, who I hope to talk to on the show at some point. But a lot of people in this area know you as Denard Span, legendary Minnesota Twins center fielder, and that's true. I've still got a friend who likes to wear your jersey to every home opener that we go to, which is great. But there's a broadcaster in you as well, correct? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, this is my my first year, it's my rookie season, and uh, I got four games under my belt. And um, somebody asked me uh, a week ago, what was more difficult, hitting in the ninth inning against the closer or doing TV? And my answer was doing TV because I only have three or four reps right now. Um, I think once I, you know, get some more, some more games and some more reps under my belt, I, I will. That answer will change quickly um, because obviously hitting the ninth inning is very difficult. Um, but to this point, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, just you know, trying something new, broadening my horizons, and. Um, something that, you know, kind of always piqued my interest. And, um, you know, it's fun, man. This is a home. This is Tampa. This is my hometown team. And um, so I'm just, you know, thankful and grateful for, for the opportunity. I love that answer, and I have to agree with you. That's why I do radio. Now, mind you, I've never hit in the ninth inning of anything important in my life, but I can tell you my TV career was about five minutes long, and there's plenty of reason for that. 
So I agree with you yeah. that TV is a challenge, and I'm glad you're embracing it. Where did that interest come from? Obviously, in the world of sports, there are a lot of athletes that go from a pro career to make the jump to the broadcast booth. Some do it well, some don't. seems like almost everybody takes the chance. When did that become a bit of a calling for you? Honestly, I would say probably within like the last year or two. Um, it wasn't something that I thought about. Or if I did, yeah, if I did think about it, like while, when I was playing, it was like for like a split second. I never like put a ton of thought into it. Um, I, I have a couple uh, friends of mine that, that flirt with it and have done it and have done really well. And so I just was like, you know, to myself, like, hey, like, why not go for it? And, and if I don't like it, then now I know I, I don't like it and I can, you know, cross it off the list. And, um, but also too, like, you know, it's a challenge and I, I love challenges. That's how, that's how we grow. Yeah, Denard, it's, it shocks me the zero that uh, you'll be successful at a, as, as a broadcaster just uh, watching you as an athlete over the years. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about baseball nowadays. Um, now that you're you're, you're going to be analyzing it more and more, um, in in my mind, it seems like baseball's changed uh, quite a bit um, from the game I grew up watching. Anyway, I just wanted to get you know your thoughts on on covering a game now. Um, even though the, the, the shift has kind of been taken out a little bit, you know, we still see it um, in, in places. Um, but just the strategy of baseball and how it's changed, do you, do you like the, the way that baseball is going? I think that baseball this past offseason, you know, made some rule changes to try to get back to how the game was played, you know, back in our day, quote-unquote, if you will. Um, obviously, you know, I think – Previous before this, um, you know, the game had changed a lot, you know, very analytical driven, very numbers driven. And at times it felt like, you know, nobody was like actually like watching the game and watching like the, you know, the chess moves that has always made baseball what it is. And everybody instead has been looking at, you know, exit velo and how many times, you know, out of this time does this guy do this and that. And so um, hopefully, you know, with these new rule changes, and, when I, and I, honestly, I've seen even this first month, of the, first month of the season where, you know, the game is, you know, slowly but surely, you know, getting back to how it used to be. Um, obviously, we're in 2023. We're not in yesterday, you know, yesterday, if you will, game. So, you know, you got to expect, you know, things to evolve and change. But I think right now we're trying to, like, recalibrate. And, you know, I think we went, you know, in my opinion, too far um, to the left with analytics, and I think now these new rule changes are trying to bring it more back centered, so that it can, you know, be good for the for the for the the casual fan that just picked the game up in 2023, and as well as the, the fan that has been following baseball for 50 plus years. So I need to ask you, as somebody who played in the American League for six of their 11 years, but then played in the National League for five of those 11 years, so you almost had an even split between the two leagues. Among the changes that baseball has had take place, are you disappointed that with the DH in both leagues now, there really isn't that much of a difference between the two? Or was watching pitchers hit just that excruciating like it was for many of the fans? In one aspect, I, I miss it because it di differentiated the, the two leagues. And I remember the first year I, I got traded over to Washington from the Twins, um, I remember when we did a double switch for the first time, I was like, what the heck is going on? Out and the manager's telling me to come sit down. I'm like, what did I do? You know, and I didn't understand the rules, but like, you know, playing in the National League was to me, like, it became fun because it was like, even as a player, like, you have to follow along and you, 
you you have to almost like become a manager, you know, on days when you're playing and even on days when you're not playing. It was probably no, not probably. It was more stressful on like my day off because it was like, all right, if the starter doesn't go six innings, I'm probably going to come in and pitch it and do things like that. Versus the American League, it, it's straightforward. It's like playing checkers. You just you know you have your your game plan. It is what it is. Um, so I, I do miss you know that National League aspect. Um, but on the same token, from like um, having the DH on, on, in both leagues, I I do like it because it's opening up more jobs for for like the older players, right? Like the guys that are 35, 36 that maybe lost a step at a premium position, and you want a young uh, Michael A. Taylor or a Byron Buss in the play center field. Um, you know, now they're in their you know mid 30s, they can't do that, but they can still hit, and so. Um, you know, it, it opens up more opportunities uh, for, for guys like that. Absolutely, it does. Otherwise, there's no way that Nelson Cruz is in San Diego right now. But you mentioned Byron Buxton, and I want to segue off that because you know what it's like to play center field, especially in Minnesota, and how taxing the position may or may not be. Now, I know you're not a doctor, and we can't speak for what Byron Buxton is going through with the knee recovery and, you know, the plague-by-injury career that he's had. But he is in the lineup. He is DHing. He does have power but he's blessed with being an excellent center fielder when he's able to be out there. It doesn't sound like there's really a timetable for that. In your opinion, are they doing the right thing because center field is that difficult, or is it really just an individual situation and we shrug our shoulders? I mean, without me knowing, you know, the full details, I haven't been following, you know, the team closely. I don't know like what he's dealt with. Obviously, I know he's, he's had trouble, you know, staying healthy and, and you know, has had trouble um, with a lot of injuries. Um, but I think the, the big idea with, with the Twins, you know, getting the Michael A. Taylor was to take the load off of, of Buxton. Buxton is, you know, the face of the team, arguably, you know, with Correa, but they've invested a lot of money in him. And, you know, what good is that investment if he's not even on the field, right? So even, even though he's not, you know, playing center field as much as, you know, all of us would want to see him, because it's such a treat to watch him do that, but him DHing his back, his back in the lineup, him present, running on the field, even as a DH, is more valuable than not having him at all. So, um, you know, so I think they're trying to take the load off of him and, and hopes that, you know, it can prolong his career and his time with the Twins. I like that answer. And, of course, the ultimate decision at times is left up to Rocco Baldelli. Rocco's got, obviously, some connection here, but some Tampa Bay connection as well. Is he still brought up on a regular basis? And, and you played against him, correct? What are your Rocco Baldelli memories? No, didn't play. Didn't play against him. I think uh, when I got up to the majors, I think he, I think he might have stepped away from the game. But you know, growing up here in Tampa, when I was in middle school, high school, he had first came up to the big leagues. And when I tell you, he was you know one of my favorite players on the Rays. He was an exciting player. Um, he, he was he was very electric um, as a player, like a twenty twenty guy, power and speed. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, him still being talked about and respected, you know, within the Tampa Bay Rays organization, he is like, he, he did a lot of great things in this organization. And, um, you know, he, 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 you know, he paved the way, you know, for just a lot of like, you know, research and development and, and, and just the way that the organization has progressed. And so, yeah, he's definitely missed and, you know, he, um, is, is a good, good manager, um, a good coach. I had him as a coach my, uh, in 2018 when I played for the Rays. And, um, yeah, he, he definitely still talked about within the Rays organization. Rocco is definitely a young, successful manager. Tampa has one of their own. Talk to me about Kevin Cash because I always make a bad pun out of it and say 
It's ironic that a guy with the last name Cash is in charge of a team that's known for not spending a lot of it. Yet, time and time again, they're at the top of the heap, perhaps never better than this year. But Kevin Cash pushes a lot of right buttons. Talk to me about him and how respected he is in that area. Yeah, he, he's a Tampa guy, um, you know, grew, born and raised here in Tampa, went to high school. Um, yeah, he uh, he's the perfect guy for, for an organization, for a team, you know, like, like this team. You know, usually we have a, a, a team full of young players, and his personality fits it perfectly. He, he's, he's easy to talk to. He has an open-door policy. Um, he re- he's very relatable. And he's he's easy to trust, and he shoots the players straight, and that's what I that's what I saw when I got a chance to play for him um, my last year playing, and that's what I've seen here with uh, with with him currently. And uh, once again, I think it's, it's all about trust. He, he does a good job with, with with doing that with the players, and uh, a lot of times, honestly, when I when I, my last year when I played with him, it was almost as if he was you know a, a teammate. You know what I mean? Like he he was, it felt like he just was like one of the guys, one of the fellows on the team, and um, he just does a good job at, at leading the ball club. And like I said, his personality just fits this, this organization and, and the group of guys that, you know, that we have come through our, our, our team. Absolutely. The Tampa Bay Rays, all of six losses in 30-plus baseball games so far this season. We are talking with Denard Span, who does some TV broadcast work for the Tampa Bay Rays, but better known in our area as a legendary Minnesota Twins outfielder. Denard, it's still hard for me to believe that Target Field now is, is getting older, heavy on the air quotes, but it has been around since 2010. And you were obviously part of that team that first took to the field at Target Field. What were the memories of going from indoor at the Dome to outdoor at Target Field? And then with those teams, anybody you still keep in touch with? Yeah, it was exciting. I mean, I remember, you know, closing the, the Dome down. Obviously, that was sad. Um, but then, you know, transitioning over to Target Field where it was like all of our amenities were unbelievable. Like in a Metrodome, you know, coming from coming from the, the minor leagues, like I wasn't going to complain as a young player. I was happy to be, be in the major leagues. Um, but, you know, once we got over to Target, Target Field, I was like, wow, this is, you know, this really feels like you're in the major leagues um, in comparison. And uh, that first year was, was memorable, right? The fans uh, showed up and showed out the excitement, you know, within the, the city. Um, was was uh, un, unmatched and unreal, and um, that that year we had a really really good ball club. Um, and we ended up you know winning the division. Uh, I think like early September. That, that's how that's how good we were. Um, so it was a memorable year. Obviously we fell short you know, to the to the freaking Yankees of all teams. But um, yeah, man, I, you know I, I still talk to um, well, Torrey Hunter wasn't on that team, um, but you know more recently I, I've been in contact with Michael Kadire. Um, I, I still talk to Orlando Hudson from time to time. Justin Morneau, um, we talk, I talk to him from time to time as well. Um, Glenn Perkins, I talk to him via social media, um, from time to time. And, um, I think off the top of my head, those are the main, like, five, six guys that I've, I've talked to on the more recent. Sure. Now, Denard, you got to know that there are a couple of good sources in there because Morneau and Perk are both doing current TV work as well. You've got some connections to help you out if you need it. Yeah, I definitely need to tap into those guys and get some advice and some tips. Last question I have for you. I'm always curious about this. When players become alums, if you will, and the career is over, but you know the teams that you've played for hopefully do a good job of, of keeping in touch with you and keeping you involved with teams. 
obviously Tampa's done that because you're part of the broadcast. But ironically, Tampa, I believe, is where you played the fewest number of games in your career. What about places like Seattle, San Francisco, Washington, Minnesota? Do they all still reach out to you? Is there still a feeling of connection with each of those organizations? I would say, obviously, aside after Tampa, which is like, is like which is crazy and ironic because, like you said, I, I played like 40 games, 45 games here, and the fact that like I'm employed by this team. Um, but uh, I would say that Minnesota is probably second after them. I hear I hear from them at least once or twice a year in, in regards to you know one of my former teammates getting inducted into the the Hall of Fame or, or something like that. Um, and I get, you know, email, yeah, I get emails, you know, with different things that's going on, um, within the organization. Um, trying to think. Seattle, no, I was there for, um, Appleton. Washington, you know what? It's, um, I'm not to trash them or anything like that, but I was a little disappointed. I don't hear from them as much. Um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, Tampa and Minnesota the most. Well, Denard, I'll tell you this. If any organization, you don't feel you hear from them enough, I guarantee you, you'll continue to hear from me. I know you can't see me, but I'm always all smiles when you're on, and the fact that you're a text message away from me, as big of a fan as I've always been of yours, is still surreal. So I appreciate the time today. Anytime, Brian. I appreciate you. All right, appreciate you as well. That's our guy, Denard Spann, now with the Tampa Bay Rays on a broadcast level. Minnesota Twins outfield legend. When we come back, Dave Hoops joins us from Nashville. Stick around. The Northland Sports Page with Brian Prudhomme and Steve Patosha continues. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Northland Sports Page, brought to you each and every week by the OG Roll Architecture Studio. Also, Hoops Brewing, OIR Holdings of Duluth, Justin May, our realtor at Messina and Associates, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier of carrier and your HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, with locations at London Road, Proctor Two Harbors, also Blackwater and Tavern on the Hill, Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Famous Dave's, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Again, because of where we live, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, to me, is the most popular one. That one, Steve Potosha, it's Brian Prudhomme and Steve Potosha. Sundown is my favorite. Yeah, it's mine, too. It's shocking we agree again. Yeah, I was going to say, another commonality <laughs> between us. Stop me if you've heard that one before. But it's also a good segue into Dave Hoops because he's always our ray of sunshine. So even on a day that is very overcast in Duluth, we'll say the sun is down because you could argue it maybe never came up today. But Dave Hoops is in a much different climate, I assume. And as I said, always a ray of sunshine. Dave Hoops, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Um, Steve, I didn't know you were on because I couldn't meet you in the show. So welcome to you. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave, and welcome to you. It's great to hear your voice as always. Thanks a lot. And yes, right, Brian, it's 72 degrees here and quite pleasant. And um, yeah, no complaints. It's short weather for sure. As per usual, we will get to 72 here in Duluth this weekend. But to do that, we'll have to add up both Saturday and Sunday. It is probably 40 and uh, was very rainy as Steve was jogging in from across the street to the show. He was he was getting a little moist, to say the least. Uh, but Dave Hoops, you are in Nashville. You mentioned the climate is better. That's got to be fun. But the adventure ad and why you're in Nashville is fun as well. 
Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Every year, um, our governing body called the Brewers Association sponsors um, two major competitions. One's called the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado. It's around a four-day festival of beer. And um, we judge American beers and award gold medal and silver medals. And it is like the Academy Awards of Brewing. And then once a year, we have the Olympics of Brewing, which is the World Cup of Beer, which is worldwide. And I am with many judges from all over the world, and we're doing the same thing. And we've got five days of judging in order to um, award these medals and I just finished a round. Um, I've got lunch break right now, so I get to chat with you guys. So when you're judging that, what are we basing this on? What are you looking for? Because so many of us casual beer drinkers, an appropriate term for all of us, I think, we just go, it tastes good, I'm in. What are you looking for when you're judging these? Well, there's criteria. You know, there's styles that, you know, guidelines we go by. But really, it's simple. You, you look at the appearance. You look at the aroma. You, and then you look at the flavor components and make sure that they're well-made, there's no flaws or problems, and that's how they get thrown out. And then you come up with uh, typically a gold, a metal, uh, a silver, and a bronze medal um, based on excellence. And, for example, we'll judge about 10,000 beers, all of us, over the, the competition and award about 350 medals. So it's rare to get a medal. It's low percentage. So with you as a judge, does that take any beer from hoops out of the running in order to compete in something like this, or how does that affect the brewery? I can't judge any beers I entered. Um, that's but you are in it. Oh. You have entered Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we always enter stuff, and, and we've done okay in the past. We've, we've had some success, and um, it is quite an honor to win. And we've actually, the Twin Ports, have, everybody has, has done pretty well in this. There's some, some excellence in, in our local breweries that are everybody's proud of, for sure. No question about that. Dave Hoops is with us by phone from Nashville today, moving some scheduling around to accommodate his judging this weekend. Always a blast in Nashville, I assume. Talk me through real quick the crowds that you're dealing with with an event like this. For Duluth, is it like grandma's? Is it like grandma's times four? Are we talking like this is like Lollapalooza, or is it is it very much, again, a niche or niche event where you know there's only so many brewers around? That's a great question, though. It's interesting because the Great American Beer Festival in October or September every year has around 50,000 attendees uh, and that show up for this thing, and it's a huge beer festival, and they taste beer on the floor and wander around. There's always events. This is the uh, tied in with the Craft Brewers Convention, the Craft Brewers Conference. It's a trade show. About 22,000 brewers will be showing up here Sunday into Monday for four days of conference which is trade show, giant trade show, seminars all day, events at night. You know, it's a, it's a yearly event that goes city to city. Now, I did tell you earlier in texting, um, a young lady named Taylor Swift happens to have three sold-out shows. Yeah, that brings a crowd. Oh, man, it's the Titan Stadium. It's 70,000 people per show at the open-air stadium, and it's, like, right next to my hotel. I think I mentioned that to you, so... Um, it is really great watching the people. There's a lot of uh, younger uh, ladies and a lot of chaperones and a lot of excitement and a great positive vibe. Um, Nashville is just popping right now. It's really fun. I will say this. When I got up this morning and saw a text from you before 6 a.m., I thought, what is Dave Hoops up to? And then you told me about the Taylor Swift concert taking place. Plus, I believe in Nashville you, you might be an hour ahead of me. I'm not sure if there's Central or Eastern. 
No, it's the same time. Same. As you were just I, up early today, then, and hoping I was too. Well, I was. I was running because you can't. It, it's it, you can't move. So there was nobody on the street that early. So that's why I was up so late. Fair and I knew you might be up. That's yeah. why I texted you. Yeah. And you. And you guessed correctly. It was perfect. I just I smirked at the whole thing. It's great that you're still able to join us. I want to put you on the spot a little bit because I know you didn't hear it because you've been busy today. But in the first segment today, we did a takeoff on the Kentucky Derby. And we did win, place, show, which is for second and third in the world of horse racing. And we picked who we felt were the three most important people, whether it was coach, player, owner, GM, in each of the four Minnesota men's pro sports organizations. I'm not going to make you do that because for time's sake, we don't have that. I just want you to pick a, a winner. Who's your number one? Who's your most important person in the Twins organization, in the Wild organization, in the Wolves organization? And et cetera, the bikes, spikes, twins, wild wolves. What do you got? Well, that's a great question, and it, it's really hard. Um, I guess uh, uh, I'll start with the wild, and, and I've got to say, Billy Garen has um, really done a heck of a job. You know, last week I was complaining about the lack of compete from the team, and that's just me being grumpy. That's you but being accurate, though, too. Well, maybe. I think he's done a really good job. Um, the Twinkies, I, I, I'm a big fan of Rocco. He's salt of the earth. He, yeah, he maybe should let his pitchers pitch a little longer, but he's uh, he's great. Um, like, I like the coach, but um, I guess I like uh, their new their new guy in charge. Of, um, Ken, can you Crazy? help me with his name? Like Crazy yeah. Nicole Mensa? I do. Uh, I don't like saying name and butchering. Sorry. Dave Cook but, doesn't uh, like saying John Smith, but we let him on anyway. And and the the wolves, um, oh boy, it's got to be know, Anthony Edwards, doesn't it? Well, that's what uh, I I I'd like to say. Townsend is so immature. I, he's not going to be able to beat this squad. Yeah, I like Ant for sure. I don't thank you for the help on that, but I hope I did. Okay. No problem. Use the quote unquote acronym that isn't an acronym. Go ahead. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's a that's a good one, um, and it is still really fun because. You know, I hope you talked a little bit of playoffs too, because um, uh, Wild fans, I'm sorry, but there's still some great hockey going on up there, and I'm really enjoying that. No, you gave me a great segue. I want to do that because I let you talk about a segment that we did before you. I'm also going to let you kind of preview the one that Steve and I are going to close the show with for drawing lines. And our drawing lines today is going to be because the Minnesota teams are out in the NBA and the NHL, Wolves and Wild. Who are we cheering for now? And I know for you this is easier because I kid you sometimes, but you always say I've got a second favorite team, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You're a little more worldly when it comes to the leagues. You're not just a Minnesota homer like me. So you might be able to give people some tips. I know you helped Dave last week and said the Kraken might be worth following. But who are you rooting for in the respective playoffs now that Minnesota's not a factor? Well, you know, I, Steve knows this is coming. Um, but yes, there's a good reason to have these teams in rooting interest. Like, for example, since I love the Carolina Hurricanes and I've been there 20 times and gone to dozens of games, they're my second favorite team for a good reason. Right there. Sorry, Steve. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm all over the Canes and, um, they sure do look good. So, um, I'm picking the Canes, I'm picking the Oilers. I am picking the Leafs to come back, although I'm super impressed with Florida. You guys, everybody has to be. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the Kraken to beat the hated stars, uh, although that's going to be a tall order. They're playing awfully well. And Pavelski, what, four goals? Really? I mean, 
You got to be in heaven. Yeah. Pavelski lit it up, and Dallas lost in the same night. You had to love that. Oh, it, it's so much fun, and you know, for, for people that lose their team, at least there's rooting interest. Um, you know, and uh, you know, a lot of people love hockey. Now we're in Lower Canada, so you know, thankfully Minnesota is a hockey state, right? Um, do you want to do the NBA too? If you, you have, a, if you have a rooting interest, absolutely. I mean, I've got an obvious one, and, and like I said, Steve and I will get to ours in the segment that follows this to close the show, drawing lines. But if you've got NBA rooting interests, by all means, the floor is yours. Okay. Well, I um, of course I I like the Warriors because of all those years in San Francisco, and everybody in San Francisco dislikes anything L.A., which would be the Dodgers, which would be, you know, the Lakers, et cetera, et cetera. But nice series, and it's been 30 years, I think, since those two played. Um, I like the Nuggets quite a bit. That uh, working like um, Jokic, if I did that right, he's really fun to watch. Um, I'm, I'm, it's fun to root for the Knicks just because it's like the NBC on the sidelines and when the Knicks are good, you know, the NBA is good, maybe. That might be a, a little bit much. Uh, don't care about the Celtics and the Sixers, so I'll be that alone. Um, there you go. <laughs> That's well done. Don't worry about leaving the Celtics and Sixers alone because I certainly won't in the segment that follows. You probably know my rooting interest in that one. It's been pretty obvious pretty much since I was born because the Wolves didn't exist until I was 10. But talking about sports markets, you're in Nashville. Are you seeing a lot of predator garb or discussion? Titans garb or discussion. Nashville's a bucket list city for me that I haven't been to, but I always say when I really take a trip where there's no Major League Baseball team to see, I probably would make an exception for Nashville. But but when you're amongst you know the beer crowd that you're in, is there a lot of sports talk or no? Very much so. No, I, you probably know that Nashville's like a little Vegas with the, the strip, and there's so many hockey talks, and there's live music coming out of every bar. Uh, but I'm sitting right next to the Fred Stadium, Bridgestone, beautiful Super great fan base. Um, it, it's pretty outstanding here. Um, they also have this beautiful stadium where they play football, and everybody's talking about the fact they think Henry's leaving. And so that's I. I literally had a discussion on the street yesterday with a guy who was bringing his hands about this. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a really good sports town, and it's a great town. People are friendly here. I was here about four or five years ago for the same conference, and people are saying that. Uh, they're just people are moving here and stop. It's just a boom, like, uh, like Atlanta was a few years ago. It's a friendly town, nice people. I've got nothing but good things to say. It's a great town. It's one of my favorites, Dave, and it has um, an emerging food scene if you're a foodie at all. Um, I don't know if you've gotten out to any of the restaurants, but I know around the Franklin area, it is, uh, it's got some of the best places to eat. So I don't know how much more time you got, but if you can get down there, boy, I would uh, highly recommend you go check out some of those spots. Yeah, thanks, Steve. At night, I have to be really uh, careful and good, get to bed early, you know, being on the job. But I'm done tomorrow night with the judging. So, yeah, I'll definitely do a little bit of that. And then there's a giant trade show. I've got to attend that. And, but, yeah, in general, this is a, I was excited to come and judge this because COVID has really uh, kind of everything up for a few years here and there. And I'm seeing a lot of familiar faces and um, uh, good friends, stuff like that. That is excellent. I can tell you this. If I had to judge and sample 10,000 beers, I might go to bed early. Whether or not I chose to might be a different story. But Dave Hoops is in Nashville this week. Not at home, but you can still fill us in on what's going on at home. 
What's the latest and greatest at the brewery? Again, your Twitter account is amazing. Ingrid does an excellent job. There's something to do there just about every day of the week. But what's the latest and greatest, not just in events, but also new beers? Why, thank you. Um, the, the events are coming up, so we're going to have the, the speed dating now because it'll be the first Wednesday. Um, I'm, I'm not looking at a calendar, but that's probably this week, I think, right? I think it already uh, may have passed. I think your your Wednesday would have been uh, May 3rd. Last week? Yeah. Okay, oh, sorry. Okay, I missed that. Well, to that being said, it's going to come outside, and we're going to have uh, more frequent, at least twice a month, we'll be bringing it outdoors. And then um, the Thursday night, uh, um, vinyl night has become fun, and we're getting celebrity and guest um, spinners including myself. I'm going to run a night, so I'll keep you posted, and I'm going to have people trapped listening to my music, which is probably not desirable for them, but it'll be fun. And then uh, we have some really fun beer. Um, your favorite is back on raspberry. Yes. And, that's my, that's my non-Christmas season favorite, but you're right. Right. And then Mexican lager, we just put on yesterday, which is a great, great German-style lager. Have it with a little lime. It's really, really tasty. Sounds like a good one to release yesterday. A little Cinco de Mayo, but German style. It sounds like it fits right in. Oh, yeah. yeah well, most Mexican brewers, those beers came from Germany. So that's a different discussion for a different day. Well, that different day can be next Saturday. We appreciate each and every week. The hoops that you jumped through, pun fully intended, to get with us are really impressive. Appreciate you taking the time in Nashville. Have fun when you're there, and safe travels back home. Thanks, guys. Steve, thank you as well. Talk to you guys soon. Safe travels, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. Mr. Dave Hoops, the sports brewer, joining us from Nashville, gets to judge 10,000 beers. Sign me right up. Stick around. we got one more segment to go from the OG. Aurora Architecture Studio brings you drawing lines. Who are we cheering for now? Wolves and Wild are gone. We'll give our win play show for those, too. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Northland Sports Page, brought to you each and every week by the OG. Aurora Architecture Studio, also Hoops Brewing, OIR Holdings of Duluth, Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier of carrier and your HVAC authorized dealer. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group with locations at London Road, Proctor Two Harbors, also Blackwater and Tavern on the Hill. Avenue 45, Belt Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. Famous Dave's, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. I'm Paul Allen with the Minnesota Vikings. Now back to the Northland Sports Page with Brian Prudhomme and Dave Cook. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Back on the Northland Sports Page, just about everybody in the Northland can call themselves one of many rainy day people today. It's very gloomy outside. Rainy day people could be Minnesota sports fans as well, because come postseason, if we're even there, the black cloud comes usually very quickly. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, not necessarily eulogizing again. Dave and I did that last week, but now what? Now who do you root for in the NBA and NHL playoffs respectively? Have you thought about this too far, or did you have ones in mind already? Well, I, I, it, I, it kind of goes year to year, you know. I mean, we have to come up with this annually. There's, yeah. there's so much movement now in leagues from year to year that it's, you know, it tends to, I tend to follow my favorite players and where they go after my teams lose. So it does make an impact because I can actually admit, as much as I bag on the Yankees, that there was a time where when the Twins were done and that was frequent, 
that I didn't mind Yankee success because we talk about favorite players. I think you know how I feel about Paul O'Neill. Where where did he make such a huge mark? Yes, the Reds were part of it, but he's a Yankee. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's kind of one of the things in sports now that makes it tough to say that you just absolutely despise the team is because eventually, chances are, someone you like quite a bit is going to end up there. Right, I can't say I've always hated a team, except for the time that they won like four titles because my favorite player was on it. That that doesn't hold water anymore. Yeah, that's tough. Right, <laughs> so we can stick with the Kentucky Derby theme and, and give a bit of a win-play show, or we can just simply you know call it a pick three. But I'll give you three for the NBA and the NHL of, of who you're rooting for, and you can put them in the order that you prefer them. Where would you like to start? Well, let's start with the NHL. Okay. The NHL is, is, is tougher for me because I don't follow pro hockey as closely, especially when the Wild are done, as I do the other three leagues. But my third spot, my show, would be the Seattle Kraken. It's the best story. They probably should be higher. It's the closest to Cinderella, but it's close. It's not quite Cinderella, and that's why they're not higher for me. I'm still bitter that the expansion rules have been different for them in Vegas than they were for Minnesota, Columbus, and other teams. And these teams in Vegas and Seattle got really good really fast where we couldn't. But that said, if they beat some of the villains that are left, most notably the stars that are right in front of them, I'm in. Yeah, and I, I will say the one thing with Seattle, uh, they don't, um, they didn't get the same um, publicity fire out of the cannon like Vegas well, who did does either, right? Compared to Vegas. And so um, to see what they've done. Uh, and how people have really kind of gravitated. The fan base there has really done a good job of gravitating towards the team, and really around the NHL have followed that team quite a bit. Um, it's impressive. So I can see that I actually have them as my number two team. The number three team I'm cheering for in this NHL playoffs, or Stanley Cup playoffs, is uh, the New Jersey Devils, only because their goaltender played for us in Omaha a couple of years ago. And this is ironic because... My number three is your two. Your three is my two. My, my two is the New Jersey Devils. And part of it is, because of the way that the teams remaining have shook out, I feel like I'm in high school again, where my mantra is just please let somebody from East win. Because as far as the Western Conference goes, there's nobody left besides Seattle that I even remotely like. I know if Dave Cook was here, he'd, he'd champion Edmonton because he always does. But the Western Conference remaining teams, it's dry heave session for me outside of the Seattle Kraken. I picked New Jersey because, honestly, and I thought of this yesterday on a walk, whenever somebody says, name as many franchises in a respective league as you can off the top of your head, there are lots that you can spit out quickly. I feel like the New Jersey Devils are one of those teams that you just forget exists. And I feel like New Jersey as a sports market does that because New York football teams are New York football teams, but they play their games in New Jersey. The Nets for NBA used to be the New Jersey Nets. They got a lot more notoriety now that they're the Brooklyn Nets. You just kind of forget about New Jersey, and I think if they hoist a cup, you can't. Yeah, New Jersey's had some of the best hockey teams without a doubt in in our lifetime. That anyway. Brodeur character is kind of a big deal. Yeah, and and you know some you know pretty big name players have come through, and, and actually quite a few of them have actually ended up in Minnesota and played right. and been fan favorites That's here. Crazy well. fellow. Yeah, he's, he was okay when he was here. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the East Coast or the Eastern Conference this year, it, it has at least in round two now has some of the better stories. You know what with what. Um, the you know the way that the Panthers came back and beat you that's know, my number one the, by the way the historic you know season that the Bruins had the President's Cup jinx continues yeah it sure does and that was kind of you know as I'm always cheering for the Wild it was part of me was really cheering for the Bruins just for a hope to get to that uh, Cup party at the Forber House um, but 
I think that, you know, and then you got the Maple Leafs, you know, finally getting, you know, finally getting. What are you going to do now that they started winning? Because you have to have different memes to post on social media because you are one of the most Maple Leaf meme producers that I know. Yeah, and I don't even hate the Maple Leafs. That's I know, funny, you just right? like I just the bits. Yeah. It's the when it comes story. to Toronto Maple Leafs, Steve Fatosha becomes common man with all the bits. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, like I said, I don't even hate the, the Maple Leafs. I just, I think that story is so funny. Which, for Minnesotans, we need somebody to relate to, and Toronto's been it in hockey. No, oh, 100%. They have been. So who's your number one? I gave mine away. It's it's Florida, which goes against everything in my sports fandom outside of Minnesota. Usually it's Boston or bust. I never got behind the Bruins. I didn't necessarily want them to lose, but when they did, I kind of chuckled. And for Florida to be that much of a giant killer, why not continue to do it? Yeah, for me it's Edmonton. Uh, you know, in honor of Dave Cook not being here, I thought I would choose Edmonton. But really, because you know they've they've got the best player in hockey right now, in my opinion, in uh, McDavid, and and that team has had so many first round pick or first overall picks. See, and that's why I don't root and for him. You got gifted all this. You should be good. Let's hope you're not. I'll laugh. I guess I'm thinking of it from the, from the sta- from the fan point the the. the, the uh, uh, the the fan standpoint up there, you yeah. know, I mean, those poor people have have been, you know, under siege for lack of a better term for years. Right, but in Minnesota, those poor people should never come out about other fans. Well, there are poor, they're, they're, you know, yeah. it's the same struggle. It's relatable. So I, it's a family reunion. Yeah. So I, I I'm I, I'm solidarity. Yeah, misery loves company too. <laughs> so we've got our threes for the NHL. What about the NBA? I know that's that's something that you follow more than most hockey guys. If you want to appreciate that label, but where do you go rooting-wise? Um, again, it, it, it changes from year to year. This year, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what the Warriors do. I'm interested to see how Clay Thompson you know, bounces back, how, how Steph you know, tries to carry his team. You know, those guys are champions at the end of the day, and they're a little longer in the tooth maybe, but you know, their cunning and guile might be just enough to surprise some people. Because I think a lot of people have, have counted those guys out. So you got the Warriors at number three. I do have the Warriors at number three. Okay, so we can skip one of mine because I've got the Warriors at my number two. Just to add on to what you said, I know that there's probably a need for, for new blood in the championship, new blood in the finals, and the Warriors have been there, done that, and you know we've seen a lot of Clay, Steph, and Draymond and other bit parts, but when they play basketball the way that they're capable of, it really is artistry. It's a thing of beauty, and I can't help but not appreciate it. And then at the same time, right now they're playing the Lakers. There's There's no team I want out of this quicker than... LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the rest of the former Minnesota Timberwolves becoming L.A. Lakers. Let's just be done with them. So the Warriors get elevated to my number two. My number three is actually the Nuggets because they're really good, and nobody knows it, or those that do still don't want to admit it. Now, I'll admit this. If they wouldn't have just played the Wolves, I probably couldn't have named beyond Jokic and Jamal Murray. But that's a good team that nobody wants to appreciate. And, yes, they got beat last night. But they just might quietly roll people and continue to do it. Well, shockingly, that our two threes are inversed again because <laughs> that's I, the same thing. And you and I both follow the uh, Super 70s sports guy yes. on Twitter. It's and, and One of the best. And, and one of the tweets he had a few weeks ago, you know, just the pudgy little yoke sitting, you know, as, yeah. as a 12 year old. He can be the MVP of the NBA. Like, you know, and so I love that about uh, that team and, and about him as a player. And, and uh, I don't know. I just uh, that that's the team that I'm. Even though they they knocked out the Wolves, I'm I'm actually I'm hoping that that team does pretty well. All right. So we haven't differed a great deal. I got a feeling we're going to be the same here. That would surprise me because my number one's obvious. I've been a Boston Celtics fan pretty oh, much right. pretty much for life because you know again before age ten there was no Minnesota NBA team for me. 1989, the Timberwolves came calling, and I got engaged at a Wolves Celtics game. I like the Kentucky Derby because my mom appreciates it. 
My wife will sit and watch Celtics games with me start to finish. There is no other sporting event that I focus on that my wife will say, oh, this is on, let's cancel everything else we were going to do tonight. So that means something, too. Boston's won plenty. And I know if Dave Cook was here in the Showtime era, he was Mr. Lakers and rolls his eyes at my Celtics stuff. But they can win as many times as they want in my world. Yeah, that's right. I, I should I should have known better. I was thinking just purely from the story standpoint, and so for my number one team this year to follow NBA wise would be the the Knicks, just because it's nice to see the Knicks, you know, decent again, you know, or at least enough to pay attention to them. So that might be the only spot where we really differ, and here's why: because other than the Lakers, who would be at the bottom for me of teams left that could win, the Knicks would be just above them, and it's because the media they're like the Dallas Cowboys for me. They can be bad, and they have been bad for a long time recently, yet the media still treats them like something important because they're New York. And then the other side of that coin is, does Minnesota need more rubbing it in? If the Knicks win, it would be Tibbs. Can we really handle that? The guy that we thought he was okay here, but he didn't do what we needed him to do, now he goes somewhere else and hoists the Larry O'Brien? No, thank you. Well, it would be on brand, wouldn't it, for us? I mean, 100%. If you haven't noticed, on brand stuff I just can't handle anymore. And and, and it's not because I have some love for the Knicks. I I was a Bulls fan, you know. That's really why I fell in love with the NBA. You got the point and laugh at the Knicks a lot. Yeah, and so, you know, John Starks, you know, go stick it, you know. And so, but... That was a radio edit. Yeah, right. Yeah. so, you know, but for me, really, when it comes to the NBA, it's really just, you know, the story this year. So the Lakers are obviously the ones that I hope win at the least. Who's your villain? Oh, the Lakers, hands down. Okay. Yeah, I never, ever. I, back in the, the bird magic stuff, I was always a bird guy, too, because my grandpa was. So. Sure, there you go. Now, you know if Dave Cook was here, it would be the heat, because Jimmy Butler can't win anything and have Dave Cook be smiling. That's true. But he was smiling with us today during segment one. We appreciate that. Thank you as well to John Schuster. Thank you to Justin May. Thank you so much to Denard Span. Thank you to Dave Hoops. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, C. Petosha. Any Saturday with you is a better one for me. Hey, thank you, Brian, for having me, and thanks, Dave, for uh, opening up the chair for a week. Tell you what, we'll do it again next week. We are the Northland Sports Page. We will talk to you next weekend. Have a great one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.